The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event Fueled by Dan Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. 865-200-5503. KPTVFL says, fun fact, Jason Swan, Georgia Southern Baseball, is cousins to Devin Hester. One of my former teammates for a couple days. <laughs> Devin Hester, who should have been the first ballot Hall of Famer, but that's not my business. Colin Ball says, seeing Dave Van Horn lose is a billion times better than seeing Penny lose. SMU is a decent team. Arkansas lost to Illinois State. I don't understand that. If that's Colin Ball from uh, Twitter, I think it is. that is a legendary account. Don't, legendary account. Don't pump their head up too much. No, nah, man. He deserve it. A legendary account. Legendary. Well, here's what I don't understand about that. And look, everybody's obviously entitled to their own opinion. But what's confusing to me is what Penny said about Tennessee and Rick Barnes is far more absurd than, than what Dave Van Horn was ranting and raving about. Like, I, I think there's a little recency bias here like like penny went over the top and was far more disrespectful and memphis is a rival arkansas is not well i'm going to agree with with cullum on here i would i would go arkansas because like penny has been losing like multiple times this this season okay and the timing of dave van horn's comments and then the first game they play they lost for me, that was that's a that's a little bit little bit better, because they you know, they probably ain't gonna lose like that again to a, a team like Illinois State. They got they got caught. They got caught. Like, dude, what? This this is not a charge. I'm sorry. We're we're we're, we're watching the game inside of uh, the studio. The charge on Vescovy? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Officiating? This is this is bad. That's bad, bad. No wonder our guys can get in the rhythm. This is bad. Still drifting to the right. Drifted. And I think his foot might have been still in the arc, too. Had to be. He comes from what underneath the, the basket. Viscovi's not even threatening to go to the basket. He's about to make a pass. He leaves his feet, and then Jalen Williams slides in late. Drifting, drifting, drifting. Dude, that is a freaking block. Yep. That is a block. Rick was mad about it, too. I would be mad, too. That was terrible. Downtown Vol says, Ben, so is Georgia Southern actually a good team or supposed to be, or did we just beat up on a bad team, not trying to take away from the wins? Just curious how good Southern is. Uh, I don't think they're a bad team. Maybe not 
as good as we anticipated. That was kind of my thought yesterday, that Georgia Southern was not as good as I anticipated, but they're not a bad team. They're, they're going to win their fair share of games this year. I would be surprised if if they don't. I I think the hitting, you, you can maybe put a asterisk next to and, and maybe a holdout <clears throat> before completely judging the lineup or, or getting super excited that this lineup is going to produce like last year's. I would hold off on on doing that really until next weekend. Not this weekend. They play Iona this weekend. But then next weekend, they go to Houston. They'll play number one Texas on Friday. They'll play Baylor on Saturday. And they'll play Oklahoma on Sunday. That That's the weekend that I would reserve judgment for. But Tennessee should have hit the ball the way that they did this weekend because Georgia Southern had a completely new pitching staff. All, all of their pitchers – all of their best pitchers from last year had moved on. So a lot of fresh faces on the mound for Georgia Southern. They should have hit the ball the way that they did. Now, the pitching, I, I think you can can put legitimate stock into what you saw on the mound because Georgia Southern had seven of its nine position players back in the lineup this year, uh, and, and they are a good hitting team. They'll, they'll probably be the strength of that team this year. So uh, it, they, they weren't a bad team, but I also don't know that they were as good as I anticipated them being still still a nice opening weekend how do you think the uh pitching for for tennessee has some new faces on the mound for for tennessee i know i asked you about uh the freshman yesterday uh last night when we were talking uh about about drew beam what about the the other pitching efforts over the weekend what would you say about that i thought they were all terrific i i thought they all lived up to the the hype still a, a small sample size, and we'll we'll see as the month progresses how much they improve and, and how they continue to perform. But initial debuts against the again, like I just mentioned, a, a solid Georgia Southern lineup that returns quite a bit. It, it was a, a nice weekend for the pitching staff, and I, I thought that was more the story to the weekend rather than the hitting because the the, the lineup should have done what it did. Chase Burns, he was terrific on Friday, just effortless uh, in his outing and five scoreless innings. And, and then you you also see on Saturday, you see the debut of Chase Dolander, who did, did give up three runs in the sixth inning, but 11 strikeouts and six straight strikeouts at one point. You, you can just see how dominant he is going to be this year, especially as he uh, – ramps back up and, and adds some durability to, to how long he's out on the mound. Uh, you saw Vanderbilt transfer Ethan Smith. He did give up a couple of hits, but his breaking ball looked really good, and, and I thought he was impressive. Yesterday, Drew Beam, only three innings, 60 or so pitches, but but he was really efficient and around the plate, and and I thought you could really, really see his potential. He's, he's not going to be your long-term starter. I mean, he's just – filling the gap until Drew Beam or uh, until Blake Tidwell comes back. But he's going to have a role in this pitching staff this year and, and be a really good one for Tennessee in the future. Uh, and then Ben Joyce, the the hard-throwing righty that is coming off of Tommy John. He, he threw a bullpen in January, touched 103 on the gun. So he, he can throw it as hard as anybody in the country. And, and he comes in and he only threw two pitches because he came in with two outs. And they they don't want to push him too much, especially when the game's already a, a blowout. But he comes in, throws two pitches, gets his guy out, and the first pitch he threw was a hundred, just straight gas right out of the bullpen. So I thought the pitching 
debuts were terrific and and everybody lived up to the hype and can't help but think what are these guys chase burns chase dolander what what are they going to look like a month two months from now and with blade tidwell like blade tidwell chase dolander and chase burns as, as your weekend rotation whoo that that is going to be something serious and and not fun for opposing teams to deal with so i thought the pitching was really good over the weekend what you think about the games being air quotes sold out but when i watch it on tv all I see is empty seats. What's going on with that, Ben? Well, you, you can still have a sellout and people just not show up. That's what I'm saying. Like we, The money is coming in, but I saw a lot of empty seats out there, man. We got we to gotta do something about that. Yeah, I, I'm not going to. weird. Yeah, it was weird. I'm not going to nitpick too much because the crowds were still terrific and, and the, the energy and environment was, was awesome, and, and they set records, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, off the top of the show, the the opening day attendance on on Friday was was a program record for opener, and also one of the the biggest uh, attendances just in in Tennessee baseball history, regardless of opener or SEC play or postseason. It, it was one of the best crowds ever. And then for the weekend, Tennessee had thirteen thousand five hundred people, mm-hmm. and and that was a program record as well. Not for opening weekend, but ever. Most people ever at Lindsey Nelson Stadium for a weekend, whether it be opening weekend or during SEC play or, or postseason, most people ever and, and broke the record by like 2,500 people. So it wasn't by by just a couple of people. And then I think that – Love to see it. Yeah, that, that's a beautiful thing. I think kind of there's two takeaways from that. A, how far behind Tennessee is from a, a stadium standpoint and what Tennessee baseball was before Vitello – showed up like Tennessee set a record right 13,000 terrific absolutely terrific guess how many people were at Mississippi State this weekend double about triple 34,000 34,000 people at, at Mississippi State this weekend and they're coming off a national championship and, and have they, they've been good for a very long time now but they also have a, a top-notch stadium so I, I think part of Tennessee breaking the record on opening weekend against Georgia Southern speaks to the stadium and, and where Tennessee has been, unfortunately, in the past. But it also does speak to the the, the fan support and, and what Tony Vitello has built. And, and that's been the coolest thing for me as this baseball season has gotten started is the carryover in support and interest from last year. I mean, there was a buzz on social media entering the season that just did not exist in recent years and people wanting to know about the team going into the year and, and who's going to play what and what newcomers are, are going to really shine and, and how good can they be this year. That that did not really exist like it did this year, this offseason. So that was really cool, and it's been really cool to see the carryover from last year. So uh, uh, an indication of where how far Tennessee is behind in facilities, in my opinion, but also an indication of just how terrific of a, a, of a job Tony Vitello has done. Yeah, a lot of excitement, man. A lot, a lot of excitement right now with Tennessee baseball. I said this on the locker room last night. Um, it's, I mean, you have a coach that matches kind of the personality of the fan base, who who understands the fan base um, and knows how to get the best out of his players. This this fan base will will follow you to the to the moon, and they willing to follow Tony Vitello to the moon. And it's been really cool to see. All the excitement. We had Drew Beam on the locker room yesterday. Did not have my recorder with me. 
or I would I would play that the interview. Ben thinks it's because it's baseball. <laughs> and I did it on purpose. You're being uh, showing some sportism. Uh, favoritism towards uh, no 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 no, not racism or sexism, but sportism. You're being a sportist against against baseball. Yes, sportist no, against baseball. We did an interview with a football player. I want to say two or three weeks ago, and I didn't think the interview was that good, so I didn't play it. <laughs> so, it ain't just baseball. Trust me. But Drew Beam was good though, man. He was good. You know, he one year he was hurt, another year they didn't play because of COVID. He said his when he got the call that morning that he would be the starter because he didn't know until. You know, the day of, first person he called was his dad because, you know, he thinks about his dad, all those times that his dad's been with him. Baseball, his dad is the one who taught him how to throw. And it's a really, really cool moment. And then I asked him about, you know, how was his dad, you know, important during that time when, you know, he didn't play basically in two seasons and had a lot of downtown downtime and um, probably was mentally frustrating. Uh, not being able to play the game that he loves. So he talked about his, you know, his dad being there. Just really cool. Uh, he did play quarterback there in, uh, in high school for black men. And so two-sport two sport star, played quarterback. and Kind of played quarterback because at Blackman, their quarterback sure does run the ball a lot. Man, he played. He played quarterback. I know, I know. It's a QB next to his I, name. I think they run the triple option. I don't know that for sure. I know they're a, a, a run-heavy team. I'm sure somebody listening can can fill us in during the break. But uh, more of a athletic guy they threw back there at, at quarterback and, and ran, a, ran a ton. But, yes, he did play quarterback in high school. Yep, yep, yep. And he's going to be good. He, he's going to be good. I talked about it earlier. And just a really cool story, just as you mentioned, having to overcome not playing his junior year because of COVID, coming back from Tommy John, and then – Finally gets on the mound and, and looks really good. I know Tennessee's really excited about him. It was always going to be a fall, man. That, he, he made it up in his mind. Committed as a sophomore. Tennessee is where he wanted to be. And, um, you know, hearing, hearing Burns talk about wanting to be at Tennessee rather than going and taking the money makes you feel good, man. Mm-hmm. All this stuff going on with NIL and, you know, as a Tennessee alum, you know, you want people to pick Tennessee other than just, who who has the best bag? But to hear Burns' reason for coming to Tennessee, it it restored some some good feeling in college athletics. I think for for college college sports fans. Thank you, Burns. Appreciate that. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Be right back. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the MN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. 
When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. I know missing the show live is a bummer, but don't fret. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. Awesome! To our guy Dr. Vol, Swain Event Fuel by Dead and Barbecue. Dr. Vol, good morning. What's going on, guys? What up? What up? What up? Guys, that loss Saturday, uh, it it doesn't do anything for my confidence uh, the way we've been playing. But does that kind of hurt us as a three seed? No, no. uh, Tennessee was still listed as a three seed. I I saw yesterday from Joe Lenardi, uh, despite the loss. Okay. I mean, you beat 
you beat Kentucky down. Yeah. A couple of days before. And that win looked better after they beat a top 25 Alabama team down. Yeah, you got to love uh, uh, Florida. They try to give it away at the end. Of course they pull through and uh, serve the table. They, we they, don't take it. They did try to, to choke it away. Here's the thing to remember about Tennessee. Cost you money, but it was good for Tennessee. Would have been really good if Tennessee could have won. They, then they would have been a game behind Auburn for first place with Auburn coming to Knoxville on Saturday. But uh, that's neither here nor there at the moment. Here's the thing to remember about Tennessee's uh, tournament resume, D'Arval. They don't have a single bad loss. Like They have losses that were ugly to watch, and, and they did not play well. But in terms of teams they have lost to, they don't have a single bad loss. They lost to Villanova, who is – what are they? They're top five right now, I think. They're top, one of the best teams in the Big East. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to make a, a deep run in the tournament. They lost to Texas Tech in overtime, and Santi had a, a wide-open three in the corner, kind of on, on the wing, uh, and it, it just did not go down. He had a three to win it. You, you lost to Alabama – right after Christmas when you had Kennedy Chandler and John Fulkerson out due to to COVID. Villanova's 10th. One of the best teams in the country, like yep. you said. Really, really good. And Texas Tech is what? 11. 11th. Uh, LSU was on the road, and at, LSU has fallen off a cliff, but LSU was playing well at, at that point. You lost to Kentucky at Rupp. You lost to Texas on the road. Texas and 20th. Josiah had a three at the buzzer to win. To, to win, and then you you lose to Arkansas, who is playing as hot as anybody in the country. So that that's what Tennessee has going in its favor right now, and why I think uh, unless they lose to Missouri tomorrow night or or Georgia next Tuesday, like they're going to be a three or a four seed, just because they they do not have a single bad loss when you look at the opponent. You know, every year when I look back with uh, basketball and football, I look at games that I think we let get away. That Bama game still haunts me. I, I get we had Chandler. Damn, we should have had that. That still yeah, irritates man. me. If if those two teams played right now, Tennessee would win. Yep, and, and, 100%. And if they played in Knoxville, Tennessee would win by double digits. That Alabama team is is they're, – they're not as, as good as we thought that they would be this year. They fell off. They're not bad, but they're, they're, they're not – they're streaky. We, we've seen them beat Gonzaga and some of the top teams in the country, but I just I don't think they're very good at all, quite frankly. Guys, I'm going to say something a little controversial. I, I'm not uh, mad about you? what Juan Howard did. What's what? that? You? Not controversial? Yeah, th- this really got people going last night. Juan Howard, what he did doesn't make me mad. I, I don't think – maybe he should get suspended, but I don't think he should be fired over it. No, that's not controversial. I don't think he should be fired, but I think he should be suspended. I wouldn't be surprised if he's suspended for the rest of the year, to be honest. Um, I mean, you can't have you can't have your coach swinging on somebody else. Now, <laughs> if it was a player, I'm sure that he would be suspended. You know, three three games, three or four games. I think you you should suspend him for that amount. But I can see the Big Ten like going hard because like this ain't the first time Jawan. Uh, Howard has has been a little extra at the games and stuff like that um, as far as confrontation. So send a message, but I don't think he should be fired. 
No, you know, we're always talking about like, oh, that wasn't a foul in the 80s. You know, that's stuff they did in the 80s. I, I enjoy seeing it. And I, I get you've got to do something. You can't let it go. But I will say, I wish that Juwan would schedule a game against Memphis and LSU next year. You know, oh. close fist against the open fist. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Can you, you imagine he hit Will Wade like that? He's so top-heavy, he'd flop over. Oh, it would be over. Well, Juwan did <laughs> Like, I saw where someone was like, Juwan throws a punch. Well, technically, it wasn't a punch. No, it wasn't. It was open hand, which if you get slapped by open hand, it's actually worse for your confidence than getting punched. Uh, guys, I'll end with this question. What did the five fingers say to the face? I'll hang up with <laughs> Slap! <laughs> oh, man. Wish I had four hands so I can give it four thumbs down. <laughs> I won't say where that came from and why. 865-255-03. Appreciate that phone call, DR Vol. Yeah, I saw that. We talked about it in the locker room yesterday. And like I felt like I didn't have enough outrage. Because I'm I'm assuming you're supposed to be like outraged and call for people to get fired and supposed to counsel Jawan Howard. I just I just didn't. I just didn't. I don't condone it. Can't do it, but hey, it happens. Juwan's got that reach. Other coaches, like, they, they get held back. But Juwan just, he got that reach, man. He's, he was a post player in the NBA. He's huge. Got that reach. I want to know why he stopped the assistant and not stopped the coach, the one he had the beef with. Juwan tried to do a, a drive-by. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and the coach, like, tried to stop him and explain. But you put your hands on him. And where Juwan from, Chicago, you, you, just, you just don't do that. You just don't do that. I'm trying not to say it was hilarious, but I'm sorry. It really it, it was entertaining. I won't say hilarious. Actually, it was hilarious. Don't don't send me any emails, please. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like I like watching fights. Sue me. I'm sorry. I'm the person that like when there's a confrontation happening at the grocery store, I'm like, oh, oh. Bet you won't hit them though. Bet yeah. you won't throw them hands. I I haven't seen anybody seriously say that. Juwan should be fired. I mean, I'm I'm sure John Beeline has a burner account that's saying that he should be fired so he can get his old job back. In fact, he probably paid the, the Wisconsin coach to, to get punched to, to try to get Juwan fired so he can get his job back. But Juwan deserves to be severely punished, but he does not deserve to be fired. He, he doesn't. Nope. It, it's as simple as that. I agree. So, suspend him, and I'd be fine with – just suspended him for the rest of the regular season, yep. which I imagine is four games. Yep. If there's no punishment that they can hand down at this point in the year, they're not a tournament team. I don't believe they've struggled. I don't. I don't know if Joe Lenardi has them projected to make the tournament. It's it's been a weak bubble year, so maybe they are projected to make the tournament, but it hasn't been a great season for Michigan. They should do. They should. 
Juwan should self-impose uh, postseason. <laughs> I'm punishing myself. Doing what Bruce Pro did last I'm year. I'm punishing myself. We are not going to go to the tournament. They got five games left. They play Rutgers. Probably going to lose that one. They play Illinois. They're going to lose against Illinois. They play Michigan State. Play Iowa. And they play Ohio State. So, the next five games, they play three ranked teams. And Rutgers is a pretty good team inside of their conference, too. Joe Lenardi has, at least going into the weekend, he had him as, had Michigan as the last four projected in. Second to last team in the field. Memphis, North Carolina, Michigan, Creighton were the last four projected in. I can pull up his Twitter account real quick and, and see if that changed because I'm also curious to see what uh, Memphis's loss to SMU, if that changed anything. This was shared 15 hours ago. His last four teams, they're, they're still in. Memphis and Michigan are the last two teams in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So, I like, I, I would be cool with – Suspending him for the rest of the regular season. What did you say? Four games left? Five games left. Five games. Three of them are against ranked opponents. Five game suspension is, is good in my book. It's good in my book. Can't be throwing hands like that. We we never brought this back up again. But you know, what do you think of the Clemson player that undercut the Duke player only getting a one game suspension? You can't give Juwan Howard more than one game and then justify that because one was more dangerous than the other. I think one was worse than the other. I think what that player did to the Duke player was worse than Juwan Howard. Absolutely. Yeah. And not trying to compare the the two at all, just more so asking on a separate note just what you thought of that player only getting one game. I thought it was pretty egregious. Should have been more. Yes. Yeah, it should have been more. The, the, been. The, now, the difference between the two, if, if we do want to compare, I do agree – the act by the Clemson player was worse than the act of Jawan Howard, but Jawan Howard should be held to a higher standard mm-hmm. because he is a head coach and he is supposed to be be setting the example of not to do what he did. Because what happened 15 seconds later after Jawan Howard threw a punch? His players. Exactly. His, his players throwing haymakers. Yes. Close and this. Did you see what Hunter Dickinson, their best player, said after the game? What do you say? Something along the lines of we're we're family and and we stick together. Oh yeah. It's, hey. That's green light. Yes. And look, I, I like that he's saying that in a sense, but it to me it's also saying that like he was excusing what they did because they're family and we gotta stick together. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing if you draw on you I mean you, you, you gotta you gotta Taking consideration, and your team is going to follow you. They follow you on the basketball court when you play in each and every day. They take on the personality of you of your personality. We see that all the time in football, basketball, baseball. We definitely see it in baseball. This baseball program one thousand percent takes the personality of their head coach and Tony Vitello. Most teams take their coach's personality, and they follow the coach. Coach out here swinging, whew. Man, that's an invitation for the rest of the players to swing. Man, I wish Coach Foreman would have swung at somebody. In midfield. <laughs> All the brawlers we had on our team. Oh, Lord. That, that Look, Coach, been. Coach swinging. Oh, <laughs> it's time for us to swing now, too. Who would have been the first one out there? Uh, Daniel Brooks. That, that's who I was thinking. I was, <laughs> I was curious if that's Daniel, who you were going to say. Uh, Daniel Brooks would have been first. 
Who else would have been first ones out there? You? No, nah, I'm a lover. I don't fight. I like watching other people fight, but I don't. I don't. I don't fight. It's been a long time since I got in a fight. Um, <laughs> Would Jabari have been out there first? Jabari? No, Jabari ain't gonna fight her. Jabari love her too. He turned into a pretty boy. But yeah, that with that with that uh, the Tennessee baseball still Jabari's mink coat. <laughs> where that coat come from did Jabbar donate that I don't know but you had people on social media tagging PETA in the tweet oh lord it is fake oh lord it is a fake fur coat so don't tag PETA on Twitter it's a fake fur coat was it some of our haters I, I don't know I didn't see it I just heard the person who runs the Twitter account saying that people were tagging Peter. Yeah, Peter, Peter better not come over here with that. Stay away, Peter. Ain't nobody like you, anyways. You can go on, go on swim with that. Go on now, get. I don't own a fur coat, but if I want to, like Frank Lucas, I don't want to hear no stuff from you. I think Peter. you should get a fur coat. Nah, that's not my style. If I'm more like a Nike athletic apparel, get a Nike fur coat. Huh? Like Antonio Brown. You can you can walk around like Antonio Brown. Nah, I'm good, man. That's not me. What if somebody gave you one for free? Would you wear it? For free. I asked when they still got the, the, the gift receipt. <laughs> what if they don't have the gift receipt? We wear I, I have to wear it then. I would, have to rock it. Would you want to wear it at that point? For free. They don't have a gift receipt, so you can't turn a profit. I mean, just some, just some things I'm just not comfortable wearing. So, like, I got my Letterman jacket. Tennessee, I, I've I've never worn it before. Why? Those things are dope. I don't know. I, I keep thinking about being looking like AC Slater from Saved by the Bell. Well, you're black and I, he's not, so there, there's one difference. They want people to walk around and call me preppy. Hey, preppy. No, you need to rock that Letterman's jacket. Yeah, I got it over here, man. Right here in the closet. I just I've I've literally never worn it. Letterman's jackets are one of the coolest things on the planet. And especially, uh, do, does yours look like the ones that they give out now? Yeah, they look the same. White sleeve and orange like vest and and a white power tee. That, that's what the ones now look like, and they look sweet. Oh yeah, yeah! Look at that thing. Woo woo! I'm jealous. I think that may be the thing I'm most jealous of you about is that you, that you can have a Tennessee Letterman's jacket. My first time putting it on. Ever? Yeah. Other than when I tr- tried it on. That's, you need to wear that more. Does that look fly? Yeah, you look fly. You need to wear that more. That That's a good thing to wear on Saturdays in the fall, especially when, when you're do doing your... Cool. I know. I'm telling you, you need to rock that on the pregame show in the fall. Outside of gate 21. Man, this looks pretty good. What and, was I thinking? And then fans can spot you better so Andy can come say hello. You need to rock that during the pregame show in the fall. Yeah, man. I saw Andy um, Mizuno golfer there at the Muse Bowl. It's good to see him, man. We say hi to each other. It was awesome. Andy, Andy is awesome. Is it comfortable? Very, very comfortable. It's warm. Does it fit? You did get that 15 years or so ago. It fits perfect. 
Yeah. Looks awesome, man. Boss Storm says Swain running around like a gangster from Eastern Europe in a tracksuit. Hey, whatever. Peter versus Vol Twitter would be all time. Yeah, Vol Twitter had Peter deleting their account. <laughs> Never mind, forget it. Just eat the animals. We don't care anymore. <laughs> Vol Twitter getting on our nerves. <laughs> Peter would just shut down as an organization. Sorry, animals. We can't. We can't help you anymore. We. We tired of all Twitter. <laughs> we we going to do something else. We going to do something else. A six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Nelson says uh, Mississippi don't play. He would knock you out. Absolutely. Daniel, if, if Coach Former threw a punch at midfield after a game, Daniel Brooks would be the first one throwing hands. His nickname was Mississippi. When he went to, um, yeah, because he lived in Mississippi too. I from Mississippi, so. then he went to JCM, and his nickname was Mississippi. It's a long nickname. It's a long nickname, but they, that, that was one of his nicknames, along with D-Block. I like D-Brooks. Yeah, D-Block was, was his nickname because, you know, they knock your block off. I've seen, it, I've seen it before a couple different times. One time I saw it, I was like, Daniel, um, we probably need to go now. Needed to get that boy in the UFC. We need, we need to go. Yeah, he would have been perfect UFC, perfect. Miss him. I miss him every day. Hour two continues after this. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like the show on Facebook. Fellas. When it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the MN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007. 42nd Street. Brand. Strategy. Design. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs. 
with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next generation business phones with work from anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Top 100 barbecue restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup, or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. There is no better restaurant in town to enjoy the madness of March with. Cheer on the Vols and the Lady Vols with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. 
He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. There are articles and news stories that you read about the things that people do. And when you're reading those and you start to shake your head, you start to scratch your head a little bit, you get confused, you don't understand why, you start to ask questions. But really, there's only one question that matters. What is that question you may ask? For what? Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03 is, is our telephone number. Man, that's a good idea, man. This jacket is um, it's nice. It is. I love it. It's a nice jacket. You rock those things on, on Saturday in the fall when you're doing the pregame show. I might have to, man. I might have to. I might have to do that, man. First time I actually wearing it since uh, I got it when I was being fitted from it. For it, excuse me. I think I wore it like the first time I got it. I was like, oh, okay. Came in. And then I got fitted for one. But I haven't, I have not worn it out of the house like in public since I've gotten it. And I got it in 2006. I'm weird. Anyways, it's time for, for what? I'm giving my for what to the dunk contest. Yeah. Uh last uh saturday night it was absolutely atrocious you had more misses than than makes you had people participating in dunk contests we've never heard before it's time to switch the order it's what kenny smith was saying the three-point contest was more exciting more entertaining than the dunk contest it used to be the dunk contest would be the, the, the icing on the cake, the nightcap, and send everybody home buzzing about All-Star Weekend. But that was not the case. It was terrible. I blame one person. I blame LeBron James. I'm not a LeBron James hater, but I do blame him because Jordan did it when he entered the league. Kobe did it when he entered the league. 
Vince Carter did it when he entered the league. Tracy McGrady, like all these stars, Andre Iguodala, like all these stars, Jason Richardson, all these stars when they entered the league who were athletic, they did it. They participated in the dunk contest, and LeBron didn't. And now these stars don't feel like they have to do it. Like, John Morant needs to be in dunk contests, but I understand why. He's not. He's too good for the dunk contest now. Well, and at this point, what can you do that is really going to stand out and, and have people thinking about a dunk the way that we think about MJ in the dunk contest or Dominique? John or, Morant. I mean, I'm sure he would do something, but you, you do run the risk of not being able to razzle-dazzle. John Morant has been doing things this year that folks act like we've never seen in the game of basketball before. That That's how special an athlete like John Morant is. The dude is 6'3 and has like a 72-inch vertical. Yes. He's hitting his head on the rim. He snatched a block off the glass early in the season. The oop that he caught during the All-Star game yesterday on the 360 was like, wait, what? Wait, what? What did he just do? I get what you're saying. There's only so many, so many dunks you can do. The, the, that's that to me. That's the main issue with the dunk contest as a whole. Not necessarily speaking to Ja Morant, but just the dunk contest. I think has lost its luster for that reason. Mostly, maybe right. In addition to the stars, starting with LeBron, not not participating. Hey, look! It's a uh, oh, they just since he game went over and they showed Candace's old boo. Yeah, Sheldon. Hey, look, Memphis Grizzlies, Tyus Jones, best backup point guard in the league. Stop. Who's better? Anybody. Shut up. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I hate that the dunk contest has lost its its luster. Growing up, that was an appointment television for me. As a kid in middle school and, and getting into high school, granted, I didn't get to watch the the MJ or the, the Dominiques or the Vince Carters in the dunk competition, but I, I caught the tail end of YouTube. great. Oh, I've seen them, trust me. And, and All-Star Weekend does a great job of playing them back as well and showing them. But I, I caught, you know, Dwight Howard and, and Aaron Gordon. Still and, good. And those guys put on the show. Nate Robinson. Still like, good. So I, I've still experienced my fair share of terrific dunk contests. But the last couple of years, it, it's just like – it, coming into the show this morning, now part of it was because I went to go see Kevin Hart, and if if I had not been hanging with my BFF Kev on Saturday night, I would have been in front of a TV watching the dunk contest and the three point contest. But like I, I didn't even go and check to see who who won. I did see on social media Carl Anthony Towns won the three point contest. He was on fire. And, and now I was traveling and dealing with baseball all weekend as well. But like I I didn't know who won the dunk contest until this morning when I asked you. Yep. And, again, I was busy, but to me it also speaks to how far the dunk contest has fallen because as a kid, as a teenager, I loved the dunk contest. I still love the dunk contest. It's just not it's not what it was, and I hate it so much because it was the best all-star event in all of sports, and now I don't feel the same way. It, to me, it's the home run derby by far. Yep. Yep. But last night's All-Star game was was fun. Steph doing what he was doing. Oh, my gosh. Just absolutely incredible. Fun to 
fun to see Giannis just throw down dunks with authority. That that's fun. LeBron doing his thing. Ja had had two big time highlight dunks as as well. So last night, Giannis, Giannis gonna play hard. Yes, I, lo- I All-star love all star game. He don't care. He is going to play hard. I think he's my favorite non Grizzly in the league and also non Tennessee player in the league. I think Giannis might be my favorite right now. I love me some Giannis Antetokounmpo. It, and it was really cool to see LeBron get his flowers as, cool. as well. I, I know there's a lot of weird feelings, mixed feelings towards LeBron, but it, it was really cool to see him go back to Cleveland and and him embrace the moment and cherish it and, and then Cleveland give him a warm welcome because they, they should not have any ill will towards LeBron James. Mm-mm. Any. I, I don't care that he left for Miami. I don't care that he ended up going to the Lakers. He won y'all a daggum championship, which the Browns ain't ever going to do. And what, what's the new Cleveland uh, baseball team? Guardians. Name? The Guardians. Guardians ain't doing anything. Thanks, Harold. I was uh, talking. <laughs> the, the Guardians ain't doing anything. I'm, I'm Harold Reynolds Jr. I was talking to Ontario Harsey about this a couple of years ago. And he, you know, he was in Cleveland. He was second round pick with the Browns, and he was telling me like how, like the effects that LeBron had on the economy there in, in Cleveland, and uh, they revitalized the downtown area. I mean, that's that's the LeBron James effect. Yes, that is the LeBron James effects. And hey, listen, he opened the door, kept the door open about a potential return. If they, uh, you know, draft the sun, which we got a couple years. That's four more years away. 865-255-03, our telephone and number. I'll tell you right now, Bronny James is not good enough to play in the league. Not right now, but I remember when uh, Lamar Ball wasn't good enough to play in the league at, at, at his age either. And then he just sprouted up to 6'7 and got better. And before you know it, he's a freaking all-star. So I think Bronny is good, don't get me wrong. And certainly a college basketball prospect, but this one and done talk and top fifty player, I don't see it. Maybe I'll be wrong, and that that's Maybe. fine. But I, I won't be the first time today. When was the other time? All the time. I've been more right than you have been today. You you have been wrong today, saying that Dave Van Horn. Losing is equal to penny losing. No, y'all I said better. It was better for Tennessee fans. Yeah, that's even worse. I yeah. like, y'all done lost your mind thinking that. You've been losing all week. I mean, all year. And they still won the series. And and, and no, it's better because Memphis had won a lot of games in a row and was about to make the NCAA tournament, and now they probably won't. And it's Penny and Memphis. And and Arkansas still won the series. And that's like that's part of baseball. Like Tennessee's gonna have series where it loses to a team that it shouldn't, but still wins the series. He made those comments subtweeting. It might have been it might have been Tennessee. It might have been other teams. Tennessee and Alabama. And then he lost his opening game, man. You can't beat that. Oh, it's great. But Penny has said worse about Tennessee and Rick Barnes, our good deacon Rick Barnes. Y'all lost your mind. Think of that David Horns better than Penny losing. It's Arkansas. We don't care about Arkansas. We do now. <laughs> Fair enough. We do now. 865-255-03. Hour three coming up.